With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's won a couple of Academy Awards. Nominated to the Songwriters Hall of Fame as a Disney legend. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I imagine somewhere, probably in Southern California, he's enjoying a fine bottle of bourbon. Randall Stewart Newman turned 75 today. He was on PC for a long time before anybody noticed. Randy Newman is heightest, to say the least, playing the identity politics card, and I love it. 700 WLW, Gary Jeff Walker, this is the Nightcap for Wednesday, November 28, 2018. Start with just a little bit of personal, uh, personal business here as we get started. Apparently today, apparently today, Bill Cunningham, and I want to thank him for this, took time to talk about me on his program, The Great American. And I say, I tell people all the time, no matter what you say, if you're talking about someone else, whether it's negative or positive, it means that person is relevant. I matter. At least I matter to Bill Cunningham, to Willie. So, Bill Cunningham, again, thank you for mentioning me on your show today. Now let's get to the, uh, the crux of what Willie was saying about me. He said something about I needed a haircut, which my hair looks fine. My wife, Krista 2.0, cuts it on a regular basis, and she does a wonderful job. Then he said something about me needing to go to the dentist, which I'll give you, I'm dentally challenged. But what I would suggest is that Bill Cunningham is probably the last person that should be talking about anyone else's physicality or the way they look. Well, he's got nice teeth. He can pay for them. Uh, And he can afford dental care. Since he's got Medicare, and you know all the plans now cover vision and dental and all that other good stuff. So, you know, at at the ripe old age of 70, whatever he is, Bill Cunningham, you know, he does the best he can. I would say this about Willie and his television show, which I understand is coming back. Somebody told me that, which I find very hard to believe. But then Jerry Springer's coming back, too. Um, The only reason Willie suspended his television program, I believe is because they ran out of makeup to look him, uh, make him look presentable in front of the cameras. The great American. The voice of the common man and woman, as he so often states. The great American. I believe he gave himself that title. Nobody else did. But the voice of the common man hasn't been a common man probably for 35 or 40 or 50 years. So get off of it, Willie. And don't talk about how somebody else looks, please. 
He's he's a he, he's a fine man, and an excellent broadcaster and very successful. Climbing the backs of other people who are below him. Thank you for mentioning me, Willie. Nick in Fairfield on the subject of Randy Newman, who we opened up the show with tonight. Nick, what you got? Well, you know, a lot of people will find it very surprising, and you probably already know this, but Randy Newman, who writes songs like Short People, wrote all of the music for the movie The Natural. All that beautiful music. Oh, yeah. Redford hits that home run at the end. Oh, plus, that plus, was all written by Randy Newman. It is unbelievable don't, how talented that man really is. Don't stop there. Ragtime, Awakenings, Absolutely. Leatherheads, Cats Don't Dance, Meet the Parents, Cold Turkey, Sea Biscuit. He scored eight Disney Pixar films, Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Cars, Toy Story 3, Monsters University, Cars 3, as well as Disney's The Princess and the Frog and James and the Giant Peach. He's the won seven, is, seven um, Grammy Awards, three Emmys. <laughs> He's incredible. The Governor's Award from the Recording Academy, yeah. He's incredible. Now, I want to ask you one question. Okay. Another question about music. Have you ever heard of a Russian band by the name of Leonid and Friends? I do do not collude with Russians, Nick. I've never heard of them. Well, I know. (laughs) But you need to look these guys up and listen to, to them. These are, this is a horn rock band from Russia. Yes. Get on YouTube. And listen to this band, and sometime when you get a chance, you tell us all what you think of these guys. Leonid and what? I beg your pardon? Leonid and what? Leonid and Friends. Leonid and Friends, okay. Yeah, check them out. Absolutely will. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate the phone call. Phones are open, 513-749-7000, and pound 700 on the AT&T is a free call. You can email anytime at Gary Jeff Walker at 700WLW.com. In just a minute, we're going to get into it because they are really getting into it on the Twittersphere. And they, as it being someone uh, with the moniker Coast, I don't know if that's the the Twitter of, uh, well, uh, of the group Coast or not. I, I'm assuming it is, but I don't know who exactly sent it. And it was in regards to Tamaya Denard and also uh, Wendell Young. The two Cincinnati City Council members, two-thirds of the gang, or or a third or what, two-fifths of the Gang of Five, 40% of the Gang of Five City city Council members, who've gotten into a little bit of a scrape and been invited for grand jury subpoenas over the public meetings law, their violations thereof, and more seriously, obstruction of justice, possibly, in the case of Wendell Young, deleting the text from his phones that were subpoenaed by the grand jury, subpoenaed by the courts, um, Tamaya Denard, who claimed that uh, she dropped her phone into the pool last April after she'd been ordered to provide the text messages upon it in lawsuits that were filed. Well, in one of the posts from Coast, Hey, at Denard, you are still being hunted. Think about it. Eventually, you will make a public appearance where sheriff can serve you with your grand jury subpoena. Do you really want to make a spectacle spectacle of this? Hashtag cooperate. Hashtag turn yourself in. Hashtag surrender. And the other post from Coast, which said, Two deputies with guns at their side are scouring the city looking for her. What term 
would you prefer? We'll switch it up. Mike Morosky, who's been on this program not for a long, long time, because as soon as Donald Trump got elected, he became absolutely insane with Trump derangement syndrome and used to enjoy talking with him, one of the few liberals I could, but I can't anymore. He tweeted back, this is weird and inappropriate, right? I mean, this is a well-respected group that gets a lot of airtime in this town, one that has frequently sought for comment on important stories that matter to all Cincinnatians. This is not okay, and it's far more than a PC issue. There are also tweets about how the persecution, so-called, of Wendell Young and Tamaya Denard are racist. How long was it going to take before they played the race card? And that's P.G. Sittenfeld, Chris Seelbach, the rest of the Gang of Five. By the way, as they were coming in for their grand jury testimony, the subpoenas, apparently as soon as they got out, they were in contact with the rest of the members of the Gang of Five, telling them exactly what questions were going to be asked and how they should respond. So they're still doing it, all in secret among themselves. How come every time a person with melanin, a person of color, gets caught doing something wrong, it becomes a racial issue? I guess the hunting her down thing was the, the dog whistle for these morons. It doesn't get any better. It never gets any better with Cincinnati City Council. And the reason is that five-ninths of the people on city council are identity politics, far-leftist lunatics. And the people that follow them are in the same group. Just turn the texts over. Tamaya, turn your phone. Oh, wait, you can't turn your phone over. You dropped it in a pool in April. Sound familiar, Hillary Clinton fans? Bleach bidding and destroying servers and phones and mobile devices so you couldn't turn over the 30-plus thousand emails that you used a private phone and a private server for conducting government business after you were asked, ordered, to turn these emails over. It's a playbook. And it looks like locally they're following what their national heroes politically are doing. Not surprising, not unexpected. We just wanted to see how long it took to play the race card because Wendell Young and Tamaya Denard happened to be black. It never ends with these folks. Never. They're in trouble. They allegedly did things that were illegal and wrong. And because they're being called out for it, it's racist. Racial bigotry and the accusations thereof are always made when the people who are making them have no other argument every single time. Food for thought. Don't eat too much. Stick around. More nightcap just ahead in your phone calls as we continue on 700WLW.com. This is Leonid and Friends that Nick from Fairfield was talking about. They're a Russian Chicago cover band. Nice horn work. Sounds just like Chicago, actually. I'm sure President Trump doesn't listen to this. For all you conspiratorial or conspiracy theorists. Their version of Make Me Smile. Sounds good. 
they start singing shit. Oh, they got the full, full blown. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Album intro. I mean, it sounds like I'm listening to Chicago, basically. I gotta hear the lead singer, though. Just a hint of borscht in his voice. And lots of vodka. The Russians have taken over Chicago. All the humanity. Most of the politicians in Chicago are communists anyway, so not surprising. 700 WLW. Leonid and Friends. Not bad at all. Nick is right. They're pretty pretty damn good. Go to the phones. Jim and Amelia, hello on Cincinnati City Politics. What do you got? Here's the deal. It's skullduggery. These people could not on city council run a lemonade stand. And here's the deal. They could, when, run, a, they could run a lemonade stand. They run it right into the ground. Exactly. And here's the deal. They got that senior citizen center down town that are closing because they don't have enough money, but yet they give, a, they give uh, you know, half a million dollars or $250,000 to some shoplifter girl, and these um, <laughs> senior citizens are getting out, out in the cold because they, they're closing up the shop. <sighs> That's just the beginning of this, and, and now we're getting into the criminality of it. Had, a, had, yeah, a, had an email that su- suggested that Manafort shared his testimony with Trump Blanking hypocrites, because this guy who, who emails me, who's a race baiter from hell, cannot send me an email without some kind of expletive in it. You know, that's the, the louder you talk and the, the the more vulgar you get, I guess, the more valid your argument is. Uh, by the way, President Trump is not under subpoena right now. He never has been under subpoena. They're all okay. five under subpoena to share their text in front of a grand jury. This is okay. this is a witch hunt that Robert Mueller's can do. It has no. It's an apples and orange argument, which the other side does very well too. Thank you, Jim, for that. Up next, what the hell are we doing in Afghanistan? Seriously, seventeen years later, trillions of dollars spent, thousands of lives lost, thousands of lives, American lives altered forever with injuries in pursuit of what we've known as a failed policy after the first maybe 200, 300 days. The original mission in Afghanistan was retribution, was striking back, defending America against the terrorist attacks of 9-11. 
Taliban, Osama bin Laden, and the like. You wipe them out, you move on. We learned absolutely nothing from 10 years of Russian occupation of Afghanistan during the 1980s. Absolutely zilch. You worry about, well, if, if we get out of there, we're going to create another vacuum and, and the Russians will swoop in and it's time to get out of Afghanistan. It's time to get out of a lot of foreign countries in the Middle East. Don't you think? I understand we want stability in the region. We want to protect our friends and allies. And it's hard to know if Saudi Arabia is our friend and ally. I, I think they're the only stabilizing force that's actually has has a stake in the game right now in that part of the world. Uh, and a, as a foil against Iran and, and whatever their motivations are. And the terrorists in Yemen. And what's going on in Syria. What is America still doing in Afghanistan? As we close in on Christmas of 2018. The heads on fire, anti-Trump crowd talking about sending American troops to our border to assist the Border Patrol in defending our sovereign border of our country against an invasionary force of migrants who want to come here for a better life. Uh, Legally, that's not a, a, a claim you can make to get asylum in the United States because you want a better economic life. It's your fleeing violence or a war zone, you're a refugee. These people marched some 2,000, 3,000 miles because they thought it was going to be a cakewalk. They found out differently, didn't they? That's what the American Armed Forces were originally assembled for, to protect our country, not to be far-flung in corners of the world where we're not wanted. Just some more questions for you. News Now at 700 WLW. Hello, hello. This thing on? Gary Jeff Walker on this nightcap on 700 WLW. Seriously, isn't the reason we have a military to defend our own country, our own border, all the hand-wringing from the people who want open borders and want to let all of the illegals into our country, waving their own country's flags as they throw rocks and bottles at Border Patrol, and they're, fa- they're forced to use tear gas to repel them. And all the cries of the women and children were tear gas. It's terrible. It's terrible. No, it's terrible that the women and children were forced to that fence, to that border wall, by the military-aged men from Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador pushing them, using them as human shields. That's what's terrible. That's what's deplorable. And the hand-wringing, you, you can't send troops to the Army. These people enlisted to go to the Middle East. Really? I don't know that anyone, unless they just have are gung-ho to kill ISIS, which President Trump and our military have basically done, cleaning up the mess that was left by Bush and Obama, I don't think that anybody who signs up for military duty wants to go to a sandbox where it's hotter, hotter than hell, and there are people around who hate you just because you're American. The reason we have a military is to defend our own country. The southern border, if needed. The northern border, if needed. Our ports, both ocean and land. That's what the military, I say bring them home. 
defend the United States of America. If somebody gets out of line somewhere else in some other corner of the world, we can prove that they're trying to attack us and kill Americans and hurt American interests, then go wipe them out. Just obliterate the place. Turn it into glass. Give them a 24-hour warning. We're coming, and we're not staying, because where you are will not be habitable after we get through with you. If they mess with us, absolutely. And you can, if it's a state, if it's a group that's being condoned to stay in that country or that state, well, that's their government's fault for letting it happen. Hear that, Pakistan? But I don't know anyone who absolutely wants to go to the Middle East unless they want to go sightseeing in the Mediterranean or something. We have a military to defend our country. So putting the, the, the military at our southern border at a time of real invasionary crisis in this country, and they're not women, 3,800 plus of the 6,000 people in Tijuana right now are young, 18, 25, 30-year-old military-age men. A small percentage are women and children, about 1,000 in each group. I saw the figures today. So when you hear these news reports lying that many are women and children, no, most of them are men who are coming here for no other reason than to get a job or to get the benefits, the freebies that they think they're entitled to once they set foot on American soil. You ask for asylum because you're actually f- fleeing a war. And the people's argument is Honduras, Guatemala, some of the most violent places. People are dying every day there. Well, stick around and, and storm your own government's offices. Stage a coup. It's your country. I know you're proud of it because you brought your flags 2,000 miles to the American border. That's why our troops have been there. Whether they stay there or not is another question. But it's entirely appropriate to have American troops defending America and its sovereignty. And when we go to other countries and do what we've been doing for now 17 years in Afghanistan, what we did in Iraq for years, we're attacking those countries' sovereignty. All this talk about Mohammed uh, bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, ordering the hit on Jamal Khashoggi, and all the hand-wringing over that, and how terrible it is. It is terrible. But Saddam Hussein, before we decided to occupy Iraq and take him out, over some argument about weapons of mass destruction, which he did have. He had chemical weapons and the like, but it was on the basis of him possibly having nuclear weapons and that story. You know, that's another thing. There were all these intelligence agencies all over the world that said Saddam Hussein was trying to acquire weapons of mass destruction, i.e. nuclear weapons. And we can't, we can't let someone who's a dictator have his hands on those kind of weapons in the Middle East. And now the questions about Donald Trump questioning the CIA and all these other intelligence agencies about the Saudi Arabian monarchy, you know, playing a role or ordering the death of Jamal Khashoggi. Well, those other intelligence agencies worldwide were wrong about Saddam Hussein and nuclear weapons, weren't they? So isn't it good to be skeptical or question intelligence agencies who claim 
that such and such is true before a final report's finished? I'm not saying they didn't, but I mean, you get the idea. Bring our troops home. You know, if, if, you've, if you've got an interest in another part of the world, if America has another interest in another part of the world, and when it keeps some on standby, okay. But if another state or a government that, that harbors terrorists who want to kill and have proven that they will kill Americans or hurt American interests, let them know. Knock this stuff off. We're, we're not coming to rebuild your nation. We're just going to knock it down if you allow this to happen within in your borders, attacking our country. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. In our country, men and women. But it's time for the Afghanistan thing Whew, to end. I mean, like tomorrow, yesterday, last week, maybe 10 years ago, right? What do you think? Take a break and come back. 700 WLW. 513 1-800-843-2441. Gary Jeff with you. Hi to Rob B. on the road tuning in on his nightcap on 700 WLW and Raymond in Middletown. Hello, Raymond. What's up? Ray- Raymond? Sorry about that. Turning my radio down. That's all right. Good, yeah, good job. Driving and uh, listening to your program. The President of the United States, when they take oath of office, Yes. One of their things is to protect the Constitution and enemies, uh, foreign and domestic. Yes. And, yeah, I'm getting sick of the, the left wing saying about all these, the caravan and blase, blase. And another thing, if you look back when President Obama was the senator of Illinois. Yes. He made a speech of how we have to protect our borders. I, I've played that. I played that. I've played that on the air, Raymond. I've, pl- I've, I've heard the speech. I've played it on the air. Chuck Schumer, the minority leader of the Senate, made a similar speech. Many, Hillary Clinton has made the same speech. Because it's Donald Trump, that's the only reason that they are, because re- the resistance is here. Resist, resist, resist. You know, I'll say something else. Raymond, you there? Yes, I'm here. President Trump, one of his, and he's been pretty on tab about, uh, Owning up to his campaign promises that he made on the trail in 2016. 
Correct. The campaign promises that helped him get elected. The only two notable things that he's not been able to do is repeal and replace Obamacare, and that's the Senate's fault. It failed by one vote. Uh, the other thing is getting us out of these foreign wars where we don't belong that have proven to be ineffective and unsuccessful. President Obama tried to get us out of Afghanistan. Didn't work. President, President Trump has tried to do that. It's time for the president to stand up to this campaign promise and finally resist the, the neocons, the war hawks, and the global elitists who want us on foreign soil fighting war after war after war, endless war. He's got to stand up as commander-in-chief and say, you know what? This isn't working. We're putting American lives. We put too much American treasure and too many American lives at risk and, and allowed to be plundered by these deep state factions that want us in places like Afghanistan and Syria. You know, he, he, needs, yes. he needs to live up to that campaign promise. And as commander-in-chief, he should be able to do it. Yeah, and, and another thing, too, when he faced the enemy overseas, he went in there and he kicked butt. Oh, yeah. ISIS, uh, was, ISIS was eliminated within the first five, six months of the president being in office, basically. The caliphate was depleted to a point where they did not control major portions of Iraq or Syria. You know, and, and he didn't give he, he didn't give an exit date either. No, exactly. You don't you don't telegraph to the enemy when you're going to leave. You don't telegraph right. to the enemy how many troops you're going to deploy or how many you're not going to deploy. You you don't telegraph to the enemy what kind of force you will use. Right, we're going to wipe you out and be done with you. Well, I mean, and that's the way it ought to be. And then get the hell out. Correct. And Correct. We're putting everybody's policemen. Right. After and, you after you do your job. And again, if it's sanctioned by a state government or it's it's condoned by a state government within a country, you have terrorists who are plotting to kill Americans and destroy America's interests anywhere on the globe. You give them a warning. They don't heed the warning. You take the country out. I mean, completely. There's right. no there's no right. void. There's no void to be filled by somebody else. It's just glass. Right. Yeah, I remember when uh, Reagan told uh, the guy from Libya, they yeah. knock it off or we'll bomb you. And he said, cross this line. We cross the line, wipe him out. Yeah, Muammar Gaddafi. Gaddafi, correct. But if, if, he had turned, yeah. if he had turned Libya into glass because of Muammar Gaddafi's actions, we wouldn't have had to worry about Benghazi or anything else. It, it'd, just be a nice, it'd just be a nice parking lot for the rest of the Middle East or the rest of North Africa. <laughs> Correct. All right. Thank All right, you. Thank you, Raymond. Yep. There are certain parts of the world that, you know, you give them every opportunity. They don't take that opportunity, and they still threaten America. They still attack America. They kill Americans. They destroy American interests, especially on our own soil. You just take them out. You don't need an occupation. You don't need a 17-year dragged-out, protracted war that doesn't go anywhere. Again, we learn nothing, apparently, from the Soviets. In Afghanistan, battling the Mujahideen, which we, of course, supported for 10 years, a decade. And eventually the Russians left with their tails between their legs. And I don't care if you think that's what we're going to do if we get out now. And I don't think that that means that the people who died following orders in defense of their country and their flag died in vain if you pull out. It's just time for it to be over.
The Supreme Court today pretty much said it would rule that the Constitution's ban on excessive fines applies to the states. This is a case involving 37-year-old Tyson Timms of Marion, Indiana. He's trying to recover $40,000 Land Rover police seized when they arrested him for selling about 400 bucks worth of heroin. Selling, selling heroin's not a good thing. And I think we need stiff penalties for heroin dealers. But Tim's was there for arguments today, largely a one-sided affair. The main question appeared to be how broadly the state would lose. Police, in many states, because you're suspected of a crime, can seize your property, your money, your vehicle. That's why we have police auctions, right? You don't even have to be convicted of a crime. You can be accused and suspected of a crime and have your property seized today in America. The court has formally held that most of the Bill of Rights applies to states as well as the federal government, but has not done so on the Eighth Amendment's excessive fines ban. New Justice Neil Gorsuch, incredulous that Indiana Solicitor General Thomas Fisher was urging the justices to rule that states should not be held to the same standard. Gorsuch said to him, here we are in 2018 still litigating incorporation of the Bill of Rights. Really? Come on, General. Justice Stephen Breyer said under Fisher's reading, police could take the car of a driver caught going five miles over the speed limit. Anyone who speeds has to forfeit the Bugatti, Mercedes, or special Ferrari, or even Jalopy, Breyer said. Fisher agreed. And Justice Sonia Sotomayor said, if we look at these forfeitures that are occurring today, many of them are grossly disproportionate to the crimes being charged. Exactly. You're jaywalking. We have the right to take your shoes. Get those kicks off. We'll see you in court. And you're not, get, you're not getting the shoes back either. <laughs> it's amazing that in this day and age, the police, just on suspicion of you committing a crime or just being charged, not being convicted, but being charged, can take your assets and you forfeit your property. And then if you're vindicated or you're acquitted, try getting it back. Good luck. I, I hope that they rule right on this. As Chief Justice John Roberts said the question of whether what happened to Tim's was excessive might be a closer call. Tim's drove his car to the place where he sold two small amounts of heroin. Now, see, if, the, if you're in your car and you're selling dope, that's one thing. And he carried the drugs in the car, Roberts said. Police have long been allowed to seize property in those situations. You will lose assets you used in the crime. But in many cases, they come and take your money out of your house. It's amazing. Or come to your property and seize your property, alleging that you could have used this vehicle in a crime, whether you did or you didn't. I hope they rule on the right side of this. Anyway, uh, still to come tonight, I have Stephen Gorham on the National Climate Assessment, Volume 2, that the government, the White House, released last Friday, and all of the flaws contained therein. Jay Ratliff, 700WLW aviation expert and day trading stock guy coming up. 11 o'clock, the Bulldog Eric Ditas. At 11.30, Dave Hatter with some really cool tech gifts 
as you do your holiday shopping beyond Cyber Monday and, and Giving Tuesday and whatever. News now at 700 WLW. On this November 28th, 78th birthday one Bruce McMeans, also known as Bruce Schnell, had this big number one hit in 1962. Kind of a one-hit wonder guy, but always loved the music. Here's his song. Born in Jacksonville, Texas. I want to know if you be my girl. My quick Bruce Chanel story. So in the mid-1980s, I'm sitting in a bar, which is not unusual for me, as a customer, though, this time. Outside of Nashville, I had done a remote, which is you go out and do a gig on location. You get paid money for standing there with a microphone in your head, acting stupid. So after the remote's over, I'm like, I'd like a drink. It's about 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I walk into this place, and I'm sitting there at the bar with my first drink in my hand, and all of a sudden this guy walks through the door. You can take that down, Dave. This guy walks through the door, and everybody in the bar starts singing that song. Hey, hey, baby. It's Bruce Chanel. Apparently, he was a regular, lived in the Green Hills section suburb of Nashville, and he was in that bar all the time. It was like the bar where he went, close to his house. And as they're singing the song, the song you just heard, he gets up on top of the bar and starts walking around and singing it. It's pretty cool. If you're going to have a one-hit wonder, and you only have that one... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hit wonder. But you're still, like, performing it 26 years later or whatever? Pretty cool. Probably not a good idea to get up on the bar at the age of 78. Just saying. Why is Al Gore still a thing? You know, the presidential candidate who couldn't get the vote of the people where he was a senator for a long period of time in in Tennessee. The lead on the sore loserman ticket of 2000. Recount after recount after lawsuit. Finally, the Supreme Court. Al, sorry, you lost the presidency. You lost the race. You're done. And uh, he invented the Internet. Remember that? He's still he's still going on. He's got a 24-hour telethon, telethon about global warming next week in Los Angeles. I got, I got very, very short amount of time. Uh, De- DeAndre, go ahead. Hey, what's up, Gary Jeff? DeAndre. Oh, DeAndre. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I was kind of offended you called me DeAndre. Well, yeah, I know. I, it I, is what it is, man. Reading is fundamental, DeAndre. Yeah. I, what's reading? Yeah, uh, exactly. Man, you you talking about, like, uh, getting stuff confiscated when you get arrested and stuff? Excessive. Man, like excessive con- confiscation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like $100,000 deep, like, throughout my lifetime. They will take you money. They will take your TV. Like, man, that's my TV. I understand I got drug money, but that's my TV. 
Hey, DeAndre, I got one piece of advice, man. Stop committing crimes. Gary, Jeff, man, we've been boys for a long time, man. <laughs> I ain't never committed a crime that didn't need to be committed. <laughs> I think you do need to be committed, DeAndre. Listen, I got to run, bro. Take care. I love you, bro. Good luck. Uh, a break and back. Stephen Gorham of the Climate Science Coalition next on the National Climate Assessment, Volume 2. 700 WLW. Joining us tonight on the Nightcap on 700 WLW, a guest I've had on uh, many times in the past, and hopefully, if God allows, we'll uh, have more chances to discuss real climate science on the radio. Steve Gorham, Executive Director of the Climate Science Coalition of America, author of three books on energy, climate change, and sustainable development. Very, very key words there. Over 100,000 copies in print. The latest book, Outside the Green Box, Rethinking Sustainable Development, released last year. And first off, Mr. Gorham, welcome, and thanks for being on the show. Hey, Gary, Jeff. Great to join you again. I'm here in Chicago. We just had our fifth largest November snowfall in history, so we're trying to keep warm up here. Yeah, I was going to ask how your global warming was doing in Chicago. (laughs) Got to start a group, uh, Chicagoans for Global Warming. What do you think? (laughs) You know, I, I used to live in Chicago as a kid. I mean, I was real young, probably yeah. uh, from five years old to about 10 or 11. And some of the coldest winters and some of the snowiest winters lived through the blizzard of 1967. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was one point about a week into it, we literally had to tunnel out of our front door, the snow drifts, so my dad could go on foot to walk two miles on the ice to the store to buy milk so we would survive. So I've seen some cold winters in Chicago. I understand what it's like. We had but, some big ones, yep. But it usually doesn't happen this early. It's a little bit early this year. We'll see. There's a uh, question is whether this uh, El Nino is going to turn into a La Nina in the Pacific, and if it does, things are really going to cool off. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so uh, to that end, last Friday, and people, the critics were saying that they dumped it on a Thanksgiving weekend so no one would notice because the president is not in lockstep with this report at all. The National Climate Assessment, I believe this is the fourth that has come out, is that yep. correct, uh, was released. And these 13 government agencies collaborated on this report. And it sounds almost like Al Gore all over again, does it not? Yeah, this was actually the second half of the fourth uh, report. The last one was was issued last year on the actual science this year it's on the effects and so yeah there's all sorts of stuff in it they start off by saying earth's climate is now changing faster than any point in the history of modern civilization and they take it from there all right well first (laughs) let's start with that what is the truth to that if you look at uh, look real science and real data well, you know, a guy, uh, a, a super uh, climatologist by the name of Dr. Richard Linson at MIT puts up in a presentation two curves that show temperatures over time, and they look identical. And they say, uh, which one of these is a recent one and which was a past one, nobody knows. But one is from uh, 1895 to 1940, and one is from uh, 1970 to 2005, and the rises look identical. So this idea that uh, it's rising faster really doesn't make much sense. Well, how can they say that? Well, they just, you know, this stuff is just kind of produced. I think they want to be sensational. It's also been naturally warmer, according to geologic evidence, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, and 7,000 years ago. We've actually had uh, some gentle cooling. 
temperatures uh, 7,000 years ago were about uh, 1 to 2 degrees Celsius warmer than today. So, you know, it beats me uh, how they can say this is the warmest and it's unprecedented, Doesn't not supported by the evidence. And this was a long time before the internal combustion in, uh, engine and uh, fossil yes. fuel burning. Long, long time. 7,000 <laughs> years ago. I don't know, maybe, maybe the Egyptians were up to something we don't know about. Well, most CO2 that humans contributed started about World War II, and prior to that there was uh, basically none from our industries, yet the climate still changed in big ways. Uh, warm periods, cool periods, ice ages, and all the rest. So, uh, you know, this this is best described by the word superstition. This is a modern thing people believe about the environment, about the earth, which has no empirical basis. Well, I get in discussions about this, Steve, and people go, what are you, an idiot? Don't you believe science? And I go, well, I've heard plenty of science that contradicts what the uh, what the disaster, uh, the climate terrorists are telling you in these reports. I, You know, I talk to people like you. I talk to people. You know, I, I saw a report the other day that Mount Pinatubo, in the Philippines, when it erupted in 1991, and it erupted on and off for about a year, and I I, I vaguely remember that happening, you know, uh, in the one year that Mount Pinatubo in the Philippines was erupting volcanic ash into the atmosphere, there were more greenhouse gases produced from that eruption than in the entire history of humans on Earth. Yeah, well, scientists purport to know more than they think they know, and they try and convince everybody they know what, it's cause, what is causing it. I just saw a paper today that was published this month saying that they, they really have underestimated the amount of carbon dioxide coming out of vents in the Earth's surface. They've only looked at volcanic eruptions, but we have these volcanoes, volcanoes all over the world that are fairly dormant, but they pump CO2 into the atmosphere anyway. And we have a 1,000... Uh, we have up to a thousand more vents in the ocean. Nobody has a measurement on those, so scientists really don't have a good handle on what volcanoes are doing. Yet they run out and claim it's it's CO2 and it's got to be uh, that power plant. Um, really, uh, really uns unsupported uh, claims here by actual scientific fact and data. Anything else in the Fourth National Climate Assessment Volume Two that caught your eye particularly? Well, there's a bunch of things. Uh, they, they say uh, uh, oceans are going to rise in the, in the high-end study up to 12 feet by the year 2100. All the tidal gauges in the world show an average of 8 inches a century, so we're going from 8 inches to up to 11 feet. <laughs> they say we're having more droughts and floods, but that's disputed by uh, NOAA's own data, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Their Palmer drought index shows no trend to drought or flood over the last century. They say we're going to have diminished snowpack, but you can go right to the University of Rutgers Global Snow Lab and see that North American snow cover has been increasing over the last 40 years. Also, Northern Hemisphere, even though it is, is somewhat warmer. And, you know, on and on and on, uh, the actual data that's available from the government or online doesn't support these wild claims. Yet they continue to churn out this garbage. Well, they is do. It, is it, is it's, it, it's remarkable. Is it so that they can sustain uh, the grants that they get and have relevant jobs? You know, I think that's a big part of it. A, 
A computer modeling team, a climate modeling team using a supercomputer, costs $50 million to set up and $20 million a year to run. And there are about three, three dozen of those climate modeling teams across the world. So you're talking big dollars there. We also have uh, wind and solar and biofuel industries. We have deans of sustainability university, vice president of sustainability at, at companies, environmental editors at the newspapers. And so there's a huge momentum behind all of this. And so money's a, unfortunately a big factor. So follow the money, and you'll find out why these predictions keep on getting more and more dire. Because, by God, this is important stuff, and we better take note. The thing is... If it was proven that humans have an infinitesimal amount of impact on the Earth's climate, uh, they'd be out of they'd be out of work. Well, that's right. It, it is a it is a fairly small factor. If you look at the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, their own climate model, uh, rather their own uh, carbon cycle model. What our industries put into the air is one twentieth of the CO2 that goes naturally into the air every year. Almost all of it comes from the oceans and the biosphere. And of course, they're underestimating those volcanic fissures. So uh, we put a very small amount into the atmosphere. And not only that, water vapor, not carbon dioxide, is Earth's dominant greenhouse ba- uh, gas. Seventy-five to ninety percent of Earth's greenhouse effect is caused by water vapor and clouds. So Natural factors are very, very big, yet we hear all this stuff about power plants, and, and it's, it's just uh, the, it's, it's all out of proportion with what is, what is actually happening. And it's also true that uh, if the sun goes through a cooling period and we get... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Less solar flares, temperatures are going to greatly cool on Earth. That is true. The, uh, I talked about that in my second book, The Mad, Mad, Mad World of Climatism. We have a number of scientists now that are predicting cooler temperatures for the next few decades because solar activity is very, very low, uh, lower than it has been in about 200 years. So, uh, boy, I don't want to see the cooling. Warming is actually good for mankind, but that may be what we're in for. It's interesting. We... Uh... 
we had the insight nasa just landed the insight probe on mars and one of the one of the cause de celebs of of this particular mars probe is to find out through geological records through the core underneath mars surface what happened to the magnetosphere on mars which destroyed their atmosphere on that planet uh and it probably didn't have anything to do with fossil fuels. Well, Mars has been warming as well, which is kind of strange because, you know, it's not created by any of the uh, any uh, residents up there. But, uh, but that's a clear thing. Other planets in our solar system have been warming over a period, and I think that's what you talk about. The activity on the sun has a factor. Yeah. How, what, what else is on the radar? Well, we got a bunch of uh, we got a revolt going on around the world. I don't know if you you see what's going on in Paris. Oh they God, the a, riots! A quarter of a million protesters. I can't even imagine wearing yellow vests because Emmanuel Macron, a, a true believer in in man-made global warming, is putting in a carbon tax on vehicle fuel, and so they're revolting. We've also this summer. We had Scott Morrison elected in Australia largely because of skyrocketing electricity rates. We had Doug Ford elected as uh, premier in uh, in Ontario because their their electricity cost curve has gone vertical. He was in office less than a month and he canceled 200 renewable energy contracts. So uh, you know the the rate uh, the electricity rate payers are kind of getting fed up around the world, and we've probably got that in store for in California and other places, maybe in this nation. Well, the the cost benefit again of what we can actually do anything about as far as climate change in our planet and what we contribute, it doesn't add up. It doesn't measure up at all. Yeah, it's based on ideology, unfortunately. The uh, And this idea that we can go 100% renewable, uh, very, very foolish. When your utility says we're going 50% renewable, that means I have to keep almost all of the traditional power plants. I have to run them at a much, much lower capacity factor activity level. Then I have to build all this extra renewable, so I double or triple my infrastructure, and guess what happens to your electricity prices? Goes they through the roof. triple, right? Goes through the roof. Uh, any other closing comments, Steve Gorham? Well, uh, people shouldn't be uh, selling their winter coat. Uh, <laughs> keep your winter coat. You're going to need it. And uh, go pick up a copy of uh, My Mad, Mad, Mad World of Climatism or Outside the Green Box on Amazon. Ebooks available. And uh, learn the real story. Steve Gorham, thank you for bringing us a little bit of reality in the midst of all this crazy chaos that's thank you, Gary, Jeff. being generated by people who really don't know what they're saying. Uh, thank you, Mr. Gorham. We'll take a break. Come back. This is the Nightcap on 700 WLW. Back into this Nightcap on a Wednesday night, November 28, 2018. Tick, 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 till the holidays. A little bit later on, Dave Hatter, our IT guy, talks about the best web hosting providers and the best tech gifts for that millennial techie on your list. And God knows you probably know what they, they are all kind of that way, aren't they? Right now we turn to 700 WLW aviation experts and uh, our day trading stock guy, Jay Ratliff. First and foremost, what an incredible turnaround uh, in the major markets today, the Dow, the NASDAQ and the S and P we're finally in positive territory again for the year. How did this happen? Well, it comes down to uh, the Fed uh, and Jerome Powell. Uh, as we got into this week, Gary Jeff, everyone was looking at today as far as the day that uh, Jerome Powell would be uh, speaking uh, and basically trying to determine if he was going to give any sort of indication 
because right now the market is 75% convinced and baked in that we're going to have an interest rate hike in December, but then we could have as many as three next year. So we're talking about four perhaps within the next year or so. And there's a real concern that the Fed, after doing so little for so long, is now doing too much too fast. And in the backdrop, when you have the drop in crude oil around the world, for some that's an indicator that the global economy is slowing just a bit, maybe even so here in the United States. And the thought, and I think it's a legitimate concern, if the Fed does too much too soon, it could actually hinder the growth of the economy. So it's really a fine line that they're walking. And today the Jerome Powell basically said, hey, we're leaving the door open for adjusting as needed next year's interest rate hikes. And that really was just kind of a collective sigh of relief, and that's one of the reasons that the markets took off as they did. Uh, because the, all they wanted to know is that they weren't locked in, you know, come uh, hell or high water, that that's exactly what the Fed was going to be doing over the course of the next uh, 13 months. And hearing what they did from uh, Jerome Powell, who promised at the beginning of his takeover as far as the chairman, he was going to be as transparent as he could. And uh, Wall Street certainly liked what they heard today. Well, it sounds almost as they're speculating, of course, but the market's all speculation. You know that better Every than anybody, uh, that – there may not be any rate hikes at all next year. They, they, he said it. He said it was just below neutral as far mm -hmm. as more interest rate hikes. Yeah, which which tells me we might have one, if that. And and uh, before you know earlier today, people were thinking, goodness, we could see as many as three next year. It's been like a one eighty for. Do you think the president had any influence on the Fed chairman? I, I want to say no, but uh, you, you can't really say that because he's been very vocal and look you may like or not like the president but if you look at it from the standpoint of things have gotten a whole heck of a lot better yeah. since he took over uh, i certainly think that uh, you know even though the fed is supposed to be uh, you know politically Ind independent yeah independent neutral um you know people are people so i, I really don't know but you know the fed is made up of a series of uh, you know board presidents across the country that collectively reach decisions that the chairman uh, then announces. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, uh, of course, also some decent news was that we might be seeing some movement on the trade tariff side of things. And, of yeah. course, that only uh, caused investors to get a little bit more giddy as well, thinking, hey, you know, there might be a light at the end of this tunnel sooner than later. So just really a dose of really good news is what's given us the best three days we've seen with the market, uh, I think, in the last uh, two to three years. Well, in trading deals, uh, the president first pulled out of the TPP. Yes. And, and then – you know, said basically NAFTA's got to go in its current form. And against the backdrop of people going, oh, come on, you can't you can't tear up these trade deals with our closest trading partners, Mexico and Canada. And yet somehow President Trump was able to, through the art of the deal, get a, a brand new NAFTA done, this brand new uh, trading agreement. And so while China seems like a far-off dream with all the tariffs and all the other bluster that's been going on back and forth. Uh, it looks like there could be some hint, and Larry Kudlow said today, there's some hint of a, a real deal in the new year with President Xi and President Trump. You know, if it, if, if it, even if it just got half as good as it could get, it's going to be tremendously better than it ever has been. So it's still going to be good. It's just a degree of, good, you know, how good to great. So... It's going to be interesting to see, but, you know, to, to have a 
candidate for president, get elected as the president, and then do pretty much everything he said he was going to do is very refreshing. And it only kind of makes you wonder when we flip the calendar and there's a slight change of the the House leadership as far as, you know, how much is going to be spent spinning the tires for the next two years versus getting things actually done. And, of course, how many Republicans are going to lean to the side of the Democrats saying, you know, I'm going to try to position myself for future stuff by, uh, you know, kind of uh, slowing down the president's agenda. So it's going to be interesting to see how things go. And fortunately, you're there keeping everybody, uh, you know, crystal clear on exactly what's happening, making sense of all that craziness in Washington. Well, you know, there's. I saw some of the talking financial heads today on Neil Cavuto's show, Charlie Gasparino, and they said this was awful that the stock market jumped 600 points and that the Fed was reversing gears. And, I mean, can these people ever find something positive? Well, I think what they were probably saying was it was an overreaction, yeah. and it was, because that's what the stock market is. It's an overreaction up or it's an overreaction down, and the, the truth, I believe, lies somewhere in the middle. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's some people that if they didn't predict it coming, when it happens, there's something wrong. And that's one <laughs> of the reasons you see a lot of people making the comments that they're saying. And, you know, I, I was on several radio stations Monday, and I was I was saying that yesterday and today is if the Fed even gives a glimmer of hope uh, on Wednesday, we're going to see – I didn't think it would be a record kind of day, but uh, that we would see the, the market pop and I have no idea how long it would last, but it was certainly good to see. Well, Wall Street always doesn't translate into Main Street. But as a person who's a non-investor, because basically I have no money, uh, it was still reassuring to see that 600-point rise today in the Dow. Listen, I tell you what, hold on just a minute. We'll come back. We'll talk about things in the air because there's always, as you mentioned, lots of interesting things to talk about when you and I get together to chat. Absolutely. All right. More with Jay Ratliff in just a moment on the Nightcap on 700 WLW. We are back with Jay Ratliff on this Wednesday night on 700 WLW. Jay, there was a a crawl I saw today earlier on the news, an update, an initial report on this plane, this Indonesian plane that crashed uh, about a month ago. All 189 aboard uh, perished, unfortunately. Uh, what did the initial report have to say about this particular plane crash? Well, we won't have the final report until... Uh, sometime next year, but basically they they gave a pretty candid uh, description as far as what was going on in the cockpit. Now, look, you had 11 or 12,000 combined hours between the pilot and first officer. They were experienced. And this particular aircraft, the 737 MAX, has a safety system that it's basically a, a warning device that is, alerts the crew when the plane is at risk of going into an aerodynamic stall. And it has a built-in system where the airplane basically takes over to point the nose of the wheel down to gain airspeed to get the aircraft out of what the computer senses as an aerodynamic stall that could basically cause the airplane to crash. And unfortunately, from what we're hearing, this particular sensor malfunctioned repeatedly during this flight. And some 24 times, it pointed the nose down, and the pilots had to fight to get the nose of the airplane up. So it was literally these two pilots fighting like crazy to try to keep that airplane in the air. It was at the point where they had to ask the air traffic control tower the speed they were going and the altitude they were at because they were having an inability to trust their instrumentation. 
So uh, it's uh, it again. There's a lot more to learn uh, as far as uh, the aircraft itself. Uh, some people are pointing fingers at Boeing. Some people are pointing fingers at the maintenance. Uh, of this particular uh, airline. Uh, there's a lot of things that have to be looked at at this point in time, and uh, apparently this aircraft had experienced the day before or the week before something similar, and uh, the uh, affected parts were replaced, apparently. Um, but uh, then uh, the very next day or a couple of days after, I'm not exactly sure of the timeline right now, uh, the same aircraft, uh, which is a brand-new airplane, uh, basically fell out of the sky with the, the crew fighting to save the souls on board, and unfortunately they weren't able to do so. Why in the last uh, five to ten years have we seen so many of these catastrophic airline disasters coming out of Malaysia, Indonesia? Are the regulations not the same? Is the maintenance not the same? Well, what's going on with this? Because it seems to be it's becoming a pattern. Unfortunately, it is, and if you are going to be flying overseas and you're worried about any airline that you're flying that you've never heard of, you can go to the State Department's website, and they have a list of airlines that they recommend against if you're an American citizen uh, flying on. And some of these airlines have appeared on that list and disappeared on that list, but look, you, you have – for us, this the safest air of commercial jet travel ever, and you have other parts of the world where it's anything but. They're flying the same type of airplanes as American carriers are flying. So what's the difference? Well, some of it is training. Some of it is maintenance. Some of it is maintenance procedures. And some of it's a combination of all of that. And I think really when you look at it, it comes down to many times airlines – to fix things with the lowest cost possible so that they do all they have to do to get by and maybe be, might be cutting corners just a bit. And it's a very scary situation. They're, they're simply, even though I have serious issues with the Federal Aviation Administration and the Department of Transportation. Yeah, we've talked about this. They do a, they do a, 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 a good job of maintaining oversight with regards to uh, the airlines. Now, sometimes I think it's a little bit too cozy of a relationship, and sometimes I think that the, the U.S. carriers push things further than they should. Uh, the went last Wednesday, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, Federal Aviation Administration knocks on the door of Southwest Airlines saying, "Hey, guys, you have 34 airplanes that you can't fly because your maintenance paperwork isn't updated where it needs to be until these visual inspections are done." Wow. They had to take these airplanes out of service while they quickly did these uh, required uh, maintenance uh, inspections so that they could uh, file the appropriate paperwork before the FAA would allow those aircraft to be returned to service. Now, this is at a time when Southwest Airlines maintenance is already being looked at because of the engine that exploded and, and some other things that are going on. But all that being said, I, I think that uh, the oversight that we have here in the United States is one of the reasons that we are enjoying the safer flying conditions that unfortunately we don't see in, in other uh, other areas around the, around the world. I, I think customer service on some foreign carriers are far beyond anything that we have. But if Sherry and I, my wife and I, are going to be flying from Detroit to Shanghai or something like that, uh, or if we're going to be going somewhere else, it's nine times out of ten going to be a, a U.S. carrier, if it's Delta, American, or whoever, just because I feel more comfortable with the training, the uh, aircraft, and the maintenance that's done by U.S. carriers than I am many times by those uh, on foreign airlines. Well, you can't uh, 
you can't enjoy the best food in the air if you're going to plummet to to your death. I mean, your exactly. la- your last meal was a great one, but that doesn't yeah. matter. But about a minute and fifteen seconds left. What about this guy taking a nap? I love taking a nap, but this oh, shouldn't yeah. really happen when you're in the air. Problem is, uh, if you fall asleep behind the mic, somebody eventually is going to find out about it. Yeah. And we had a pilot that fell asleep in the cockpit. Uh, it was, uh, in fact, he was the pilot of an Australian airline. Uh, he's under investigation after this guy fell asleep and basically flew 30 miles past his intended destination. Now, he was flying a smaller uh, Piper Navajo uh, aircraft, and he was headed to an Australian destination that we can understand, Kings Island, uh, <laughs> when the event occurred. Uh, but uh, it, it was an early morning flight, and uh, fortunately there were no passengers on board, but it was still a regularly scheduled flight that was being operated. And air traffic control was unable to reach him as he flew right over top of him and continued to fly. Uh, and he eventually uh, woke up, returned to the airport, and an investigation that was initially carried out showed that he had uh, fallen asleep. And we've had that happen uh, in the United States with uh, not one but two Northwest Airlines um, yeah. uh, pilots. Well, Jay, thank you so much for your time. And, and rule of thumb, if you're flying to Kings Island, look for the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, I like the skydivers when we had the skydivers. <laughs> uh, that was always fun. Jay Ratliff, thank you so much. Anytime, my friend. All right, more of the nightcap just ahead on 700 WLW. It is the nightcap on 700 WLW. Gary Jeff Walker into another hour. And it's time for our... I told you so moment from Eric, the Bulldog Beater, says the dog is barking before midnight. Bulldog, uh, new news about Michael Avenatti, the uh, the creepy porn lawyer, as Tucker Carlson calls him, uh, in trouble again, huh? Well, if you remember, I predicted that she would turn on him because when it goes south and she has to pay these attorney fees, that it was going to be bad for him. Well, lo and behold, she's now saying that she never gave him permission to sue Trump and that uh, he did it without her permission. And in addition to that, he's controlled the fundraising for her, and she has repeatedly asked for an accounting, and she's, he's ignored those requests. And she is asking for uh, the, the, the better treatment that a lawyer – should give his client, and I'm telling you, it's going to get. You know, he, his his law firm got evicted. Oh yeah, uh, from from their place of business. He's got financial woes. Desperate people do desperate things. Then this this issue with domestic violence. I'm telling you, he's crashing and he's crashing hard. And I and but but I just I just knew this was going to happen. If if your client it, it gets ordered to pay the attorney fees. Of the other side, I mean, I can tell right now, I've been in these legal battles before where, you know, you run a risk getting sanctioned. And every time you say, I don't worry about it, you know, if you get sanctioned, we'll pay it. I mean, that's just the kind of, you know, you have to do that for your clients. you got to look out for them. Well, in this particular case, he doesn't have the cash to pay her legal fees. So she's saying, he's looking at her and saying, oh, I'm sorry, you got to pay your legal fees. What, for filing a lawsuit that I didn't even authorize? <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, he might lose his law license over this. Well, you know, I, I hate to, to wish anyone ill, but it couldn't happen to a nicer Jew. No, some people deserve ill. He deserves it. <laughs> no question. What a guy. Well, what else is on your agenda tonight, my friend? Well, first thing, and I just saw the Stormy Daniels Avenatti uh, filed defamation case, uh, case against my wishes. I just saw that. 
question I have tonight, and I asked it earlier, I'll ask you now. What the hell are we still doing in Afghanistan 17 years later? You know what? The original mission, the original mission was to take out a couple hundred people who, were, who had gotten together, conspired to uh, commit terrorist acts in America with their friend Osama bin Laden. And then we got into the nation-building thing, and I blame President Bush for that. Obama wanted to get out. President Trump ran on getting out of these foreign countries where we have no business being and putting our troops' lives at risk. We had three more Americans killed in Afghanistan in the last week. And I looked at my wife. I said, what the hell are we still doing there? You know, you know, Gary, Jeff, I'm one of these people, and I say this all the time. You've heard me say it. that just because somebody holds a position, whatever it is, doesn't mean that they know more than you. Now, you and I have never commanded an army. No. You and I have never been a general. You and I have never been a commander-in-chief. To my knowledge, I have, you've not served in the military, nor, nor I. But when you think about the length of, like, World War II, our involvement in World War II being four years, and you think about it being a world war where territory across the world had to be taken, here is what I will never freaking understand at all. Okay, so we want to get in Afghanistan and clean it up. How do you not say, okay, here's our line. We're going this direction. We're going to have all the troops, everything we need, and here we go. It makes no and, – and, and what? You do that in Afghanistan in, what, a freaking year? I did it 17 years. And then when you think about how stupid we fought Vietnam, same kind of thing. What, who, who developed the idea of flying people in a helicopter and then, and then dropping them down and letting them go get shot up and then bring them back and do it again? And when you think about – that is the same way we have fought in Afghanistan. So, so, so here these political leaders and these military leaders are a joke. They're an embarrassment. How, how we can be in Afghanistan as the greatest world power in history for 17 years and not have a handle on it is a joke. It's a complete joke. Well, even James, just, even James Mattis, who I have a lot of respect for, thinks that we we should stay there. There are these, there are these commanders who want to be generals, and they think their path is by stay, even though they know what's going on militarily, and they know the insurmountable odds of trying to change a tribal nation that has nothing but rocks and sand it into some kind right. of place where you've got Denny's open twenty four right. hours a day. Right. And it's right. just, it, it's insane. It's not just, it's not just the elected officials who know nothing about, right. about military and, and conducting warfare, but the, the, now. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. 
many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. The generals and the commanders are in on it, in keeping it going. Let me tell you about, to prove, what we see in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria, and Iran proves how brilliant the policies that we had in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s of the Middle East. Our entire, our entire Middle East policy was just keep it all in check, keep it all yeah. stable. It was all just keep it stable. How brilliant do all of the political leaders look who believed in the policy of let's just keep the Middle East stable compared to what George Bush did? I mean, George Bush blew up the Middle East. Obama added to it, and Trump seems, I guess, trapped because he's such a reliant upon his military people that he's never going to do what his military people don't say it's time to do. But when you think about it, the whole policy of our country in the Middle East that worked for 50 years was stability. This is keep it stable. This little hot spot, boom, we keep it stable, keep it stable. And that's the tragedy of George Bush. There's, there's still some Republicans that think George Bush hung the moon. George Bush was a moron, frat boy president. He blew up the Middle East. And, we, and when you think of the trillions of dollars, the loss of life, the loss of limbs, and, and you know when you talk about, oh, there's 5,000 people been, been killed in the Middle East. How, how about all the people who lost the limb? How about the post-traumatic oh, yeah. stress? I'd hate to know the economic impact long-term of the families and those people that have fought in the, all those wars. I mean, it, 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 is, it is an incredible loss of life mm-hmm. and money yeah. and time, and, it, and, it's, and, it, and it, you can lay it all at George Bush's feet. And, and some, somehow, Eric, it's, it's time to get it over. Listen, we'll take a break and come, real, uh, come right back. Okay. We're talking to Eric the Bulldog Dieters. The Bulldog barks before midnight on the nightcap on 700 WL. Back into our Wednesday night discussion with Eric Dieters, the Bulldog, on 700 WLW. The Bulldog barks before midnight. You know, all during the presidential campaign, and many people have said it over and over again, said a vote for the Democrats in the midterms in the House was a vote for Nancy Pelosi. And it's seemingly more and more that they were absolutely correct. All these people who who are saying, swearing, no, I'm not going to want Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House if we, t- we if we re- retake the House of Representatives. And all the cards are falling into place for Nancy to pick up the gavel in January. Say what you want about her, but she is a brilliant politician, a, a brilliant power player in Washington, D.C. She knows where all the bodies are buried. She probably helped with, with shoveling over a lot of them. And all of her money and all of her power and all of her prowess as a politician are really coming to shine right now, whether you like her or not. Right. You know, she is. You know, somebody like Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, you know, these guys, you know, John Boehner, these guys know all the rules. They got all the goods. They know who, who's who and what the play is on each of them. They know how to play the system. I mean, we all hate the swamp, but some of these people know how to play the swamp. Let me just tell you something else, which is um, – kind of uh, odd, and it's, it's reflected in Trump's lobbying for her to be the speaker, which is further proof of it. 
It's this country is the, the far left, the progressives, all the communists and socialists that just got elected to Congress. Yep. Scare the hell out of Trump and others like myself and you so bad, so bad that they see Nancy Pelosi <laughs> as an option that is far better than the other options. You know what? I, I think, I think Eric, it scares the hell out of Nancy Pelosi, the far left, yeah. the socialist, oh, it does. the communist, it because does. It, challenges, it, does. it challenges the status quo. Once again, it's upsetting the establishment. And she also knows that no matter what happened in this election, where all these elections are local, they're districts, right? They're not states like the Senate. That's why right. the Republicans still have control of the Senate. They were statewide races. And the average American voter is not with the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. They're not with the Cory Bookers. They, they, no. That's why these a lot of moderate Democrats, so-called, got elected in these midterms, was because the American people aren't there. They're not on the same page. And that that's kind of reassuring to me that the majority right. of American people, whether they be Democrats or Republicans, are not, you know, left-wing nuts or right-wing nuts. They're in the center. Right. And, 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 and we're fortunate that the left-wing nuts can be found basically California, New York, and a few other places. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 don't, you don't find the extensiveness of that, but it is, it is kind of humorous that uh, you have a president for Nancy Pelosi. But you know the other thing is, it's called uh, political pragmatism. Nancy Pelosi is somebody that if she's the speaker, Trump feels like, hey, he can make deals with her. She's also smart enough to know and this is another motivation that he has, that uh, she, she doesn't want impeachment. So that's another you know, self-motivation that he got. She's not somebody that thinks impeachment ought to go down. No, she, she, wants, she wants the investigations just to stop the Trump agenda, but she's, right. not, she's not in favor of impeaching the president. No, you're right. Correct, correct. It's just amazing. Uh, I was going to talk about uh, what, what do you make of this, this horrific murder trial to come that happened in, in Brown County, Ohio, or in Pike County, Ohio, with these two warring families. I mean, it's like Hatfields and McCoys on steroids. That's what it seems to be. You know, I, I, I made my first social media post about this uh, just a few hours ago, and my post was, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, but in public opinion, we're each entitled to our opinion. So I, I made this statement. Let's assume that they're all guilty. How cold, diabolical scary is it that that number of people got together, carried this crime out, which is just incredible, heinous crime, killing all those people, almost getting away with it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just, it's just chilling. I mean, it is, it is chilling. And I can tell you this, the fact that they held a couple of these guys without bond says a lot about what the facts are. And there, there's also, it's now coming out that, you know, they were, they were willing to kill anybody, you know, even, even the existing, uh, the, the newly elected governor who was the, the prosecutor at the time. Oh, yeah. I'm, tell, I'm telling you right now, these guys, these guys, if you mess with the, they're, I mean, if, if, they're, if they can carry out that kind of crime, you don't want them pissed off at you because they'll kill anybody and everybody. But it is a really chilling crime. This is one where there's going to be documentaries. There's going to be movies. There's going to be it's going to be study. It's going to be a circus. If I, mean, if, I is, if I saw this in a movie, I, I I would I would hasten to have I would I would have trouble believing it. You yeah, know, I, I would have to really fiction is a cliche because it's true. This 
is this is really diabolical. All over, over child, apparently a child custody issue and everything else. I also make a joke that they went to Alaska. Now, I didn't know before I made my joke. I didn't know that they had to actually come back. I just knew that they had went to Alaska. Sure. And I made a joke. I made a joke that they weren't very bright, that they think that Alaska didn't have an extradition, <laughs> or did they think Alaska was Canada? I didn't realize they actually came back, which I find is weird. You know why I think they came back? Huh. I have this theory. I think they came back because some loose ends started to unravel, and they came back to tie up the loose ends, which is kind of scary for anybody that maybe was a loose end, because it, it makes no sense that they moved to Alaska and then came back. Why would they come back? I think they came back because some things were starting to unravel, and there were some more people that was probably going to get killed. I mean, it's just it's scary. It's really scary. You and I were kids. We played cowboys and Indians. The cultural appropriation police have now attacked actor Kevin Hart, a black guy, say he's racist because for his son's birthday he had a cowboys and Indians party. And now yeah, he's, having to, he's having to defend himself over this. i got about a minute left. Any thoughts on this at all? No, nah, it's, just, it's just more ridiculous. I mean, come on, man. Kevin Hart, of all people, Kevin Hart's a good dude. I mean, Kevin Hart, I mean, Kevin Hart you know, the whole spectrum of America, social, economic, gender, race, everybody likes Kevin Hart. For them to get cowboys and Indians, give, give me a freaking break. There's been cowboys and Indians forever, and what the hell? Hell, hell the cowboys and redskins are two football teams. <laughs> I mean, so I, I support Kevin Hart, and that's just because it's an overreaction that keeps going on over and over again. It's just absolutely – there was something else in the news, and I just I, – I can't think of it. There was something else in the news happened this past week where somebody was having to explain something, and I was like, good golly, really? I mean, it was just – I forgot what it was, but it just happens every week. Oh, you can't say that. Oh, you can't do that. And you know, I mean, it's just you know what's joke. funny is most of the outrage – comes from limp-wristed white liberals. <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. You're Bull, right. Bulldog, thanks for your time as always, my friend. It's always uh, fun to talk right. to you. All right. Thanks, buddy. Eric, Eric Dieter's The Bulldog Barks Before Midnight on 700 WLW. As we close out this nightcap, Dave Hatter, my IT guru guy, uh, as Christmas is coming up, it's shopping season, uh, some holiday gifts that the millennial, millennial techie, and God, aren't they all, or maybe an old buzzard like me might want uh, just to check out a new technological toy. Uh, Dave, what's on the shopping list? Well, it's probably not a big surprise to anyone, Gary Jeff. As technology continues to advance, more and more things get uh, technology embedded in them. So there's a, a never-ending uh, stream of, of cool new stuff for the tech person on your list. Before we delve into anything specific, you know, there there are some cool places you can go if you just want ideas. If, if nothing we talk about really strikes your fancy for anyone on your list, you know, like sharperimage.com or ThinkGeek, those are two good websites that have a lot of technology-oriented gifts. Uh, and, and ThinkGeek in particular, in addition to a lot of tech stuff, they just got a lot of geeky stuff, so like the Hobbit fan on your list and that sort of thing. So, right. again, you can you can get a lot of great ideas from those two sites, but there's some really good prices on stuff like TVs in particular. You know, a lot of people uh, would like, I'm sure, to have a larger TV, and there's some incredible deals out there right now. Um, for example, if you take a look at the uh, TCL, I'm trying to, I can't find the model number on it, sorry. It's a 55 inch, I'm sorry, TCL 6 series. 55 inch TV from TCL. Um, it'll do 4K. It comes with built-in Roku. Now, I'm a big Roku fan. I was going to suggest that as a separate thing, even if you don't want a TV with Roku built into it. 
Um, you know, these these TVs are like 650 bucks. 55-inch LCD TV was built in Roku. It's a heck of a deal. Wow. And it's gotten great reviews. Now, there's a, a 65-inch TCL, very similar, that's a little more expensive. Uh, but, again, I mean, I can remember when you'd go out and look at, like, a 32-inch tube television, and it cost you $2,000. Now we're talking about 65-inch TV for less than $1,000 uh, with built-in Roku. That's, so Roku, that's amazing. you know, I I cut the cable a long time ago and have been very happy to basically get what TV I get either over the air with a digital antenna. So that that would be a good gift for someone that wants to cut the cable. You can get powered or unpowered digital antennas for next to nothing at any store or on Amazon or something like that. Uh, plugs in much better picture than the old rabbit ears and lets you pick up all the digital broadcasts for local TV. And then you get a Roku or an Amazon Fire Stick, something like that. I'm a big Roku fan. We have several Rokus here. They're very easy to use. Uh, I even have one of the TCL TVs with the Roku built in. And, you know, you can subscribe to Netflix, Hulu, uh, Amazon Prime, whatever else you like. It's very simple to use, and it all just streams right to your TV. And you can you can broadcast from your phone to the TV. So you can get a Roku anywhere from about 45 bucks to 100 bucks, depending on the specific capabilities you want. It's a heck of a deal. And, again, if you think about one-time cost for the Roku, you pay something like $8 for a Hulu subscription a month. You pay for your Internet connection, which you're paying for anyway. You've saved yourself a ton of money over cable. I don't know how cable survives this personally. Well, because um, idiots so like me still pay for it. It's it, you got to you got to check it out, man. You get your digital antenna, like I said, get yes. You get a Roku or a Fire Stick or something like that. You can save yourself an enormous amount of money. The big problem in my mind with the Roku. So we have Amazon Prime, we have Hulu, we have Netflix. There's too many choices. Yeah. Sometimes I get frustrated because there's too many choices and I can't find anything I want to watch. Um, but yeah, it's a first world problem. You know, it's a tough problem to have. Yeah, it is. There are some. Some great deals on computers out there, you know, for someone who needs a little bit more than a tablet. For me personally, I, I can't really do any significant work on a tablet. I want a full-size keyboard. You know, I want a decent-sized screen. So a notebook computer, laptop-type computer is much better for me than a tablet personally. Sure. Um, you know, there are all kinds of great deals out there. I'm looking at one here from HP Pavilion, 14-inch screen, 8 gigs of RAM. The thing is less than $400. I mean, it's an unbelievable price. you got students going off to college. Um, you got kids in high school. Or you just need something you want to use around the house. Again, a little more expensive than a tailor, but a lot more capable. Some unbelievable deals on uh, PCs out there. There's some great deals on tablets. I'm a big fan of the Amazon Fire tablets because they're, they're cheap, and they'll do anything that any other tablet will do. But even if you drop it in the pool, you break it, whatever, yeah, 50 60, 80 bucks maybe. Um, the, the latest one from Amazon is the Amazon Fire HD8. Um, it's it's less than $80 at this point. Now, wow. Yeah. Is it as nice as an iPad? Probably not, but it's a lot less expensive. And I have the smaller version of this HD7, and I primarily just use it for things like reading books or occasionally to get on the Internet. Sometimes it uses a remote control for my Roku. Um, but it's so inexpensive and does everything I need it to do. To me, it just doesn't make sense to spend a lot more money for a real high-end tablet when I'm going to transition to a computer, in most cases anyway, as opposed to try to use a tablet. So I would encourage folks to check those out. Unbelievable. And, you know, Amazon, as it gets closer to Christmas and they start up these deals, you might be able to swing one for 30 or 40 bucks if you play your cards just right. Wow. Um, That's mind-blowing. Yeah. I, I got about 30 seconds left for this segment, but what, what's, what's the best price you've seen on an actual PC or laptop? 
The, the best price I've seen on a PC or laptop so far was at HP Pavilion. I just mentioned that. That was a, a, a special Black Friday deal, but I'm sure you'll find similar kinds of deals out there. The thing was $370. That's amazing. I mean, it's an unbelievable price for something that has a fairly decent amount of power and would probably be sufficient for most users. All right, more with Dave Hatter on holiday tech gifts and things you should avoid as well as we return on the nightcap here on 700 WLW. All right, time for a few more holiday tech ideas, do's and don'ts with Dave Hatter here on 700 WLW. Dave, give me a couple of more uh, cool tech gifts, and then let's get into things that you should stay away from. Sounds like a plan, Gary Katz. So for, for old-school video gamers, I mean, there's some amazing game systems out there now, from the PS4 to the Xbox One, because, uh, you know, my little kids are into this kind of thing. There's some amazing game systems out there, and of course, PC games are very popular. A lot of a lot of really high-end gamers play their games on PCs. But if you're an old school guy like me, who got into technology in the first place because he grew up in the late '70s and '80s playing video games, there's some really cool stuff out there. There's basically an Atari retro console you can buy. It's less than a hundred bucks. Comes with about a hundred Atari games in it, so you can play all these old classic games from the late '70s and early '80s. There's a Nintendo retro console like that. There's a Sega retro console. Uh, these things typically you're going to be able to find them for less than 200 bucks. sometimes less than 100 bucks. They come with dozens or hundreds of games. Pretty cool for, for someone that's into that kind of thing and wants to play some retro games. And there's, there's lots of gadgets out there, too, things like power bricks that also have a battery in them. So when you want to charge your phone and other devices that use a standard uh, USB charger, the power brick itself that you need to plug in for the conversion also has a battery in it, so you can take it with you and kind of does double duty. But there's lots of cool gadgets like that out there. And one, one last thing, I know we'll run out of time on this topic. I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, and it also really kind of illustrates of how far cell phone technology has come. It's called the Wallabot DIY Wall Scanner. It's 50 bucks. Basically, it connects to an Android phone, and right now it only works with Android. But basically, it, unlike a typical stud finder, this will let you look through the wall, find pipes, find studs, find electrical lines, all kinds of things inside the wall based on the capabilities of the cell phone and its sensors, which I thought is pretty cool because it's very cheap, it's very techy, and it's, it's pretty practical, especially for someone who either potentially works in the field or does a lot of home projects. Yeah, I thought that do, was pretty cool. You want to do home improvement, man. You, you need to know where it, those electric lines and, and everything yeah, else is. Yes, yeah. you do. And for 50 bucks, that's not a bad deal. So, so some things to watch out for. Now, you know, Gary Jeff, i got to put on my tinfoil hat here. I'm very paranoid and concerned about privacy and so forth. So I typically am not a big fan of a lot of Internet of Things devices because in many cases, you know, whether it's the – the, the Ring doorbell or the Nest thermostat or your smart TV or all these other things that are now Internet-capable, lighting systems and so forth, many of these things are rushed to the market, and they're full of security flaws. You don't have to look far at all. And I want to point out, and there are many well-documented cases. Folks can just Google this and see it for themselves. You know, you may want to get some kind of cool new toy for your kid that has some kind of Internet connectivity capability. Right. You know, freaks, perverts, hackers. They know these toys are flawed. There's all kinds of examples of people using these toys to talk to kids, stealing information about kids. The companies behind them have been hacked and had data breaches like VTech. There was a big data breach. So I would strongly encourage folks, not, not because, you know, you should be scared of these things, but before you buy any kind of Internet of Things device, some kind of smart device you're going to bring into your home, understand who makes it, what is their policy for updates? Because one of the big flaws is people, A, they don't set the stuff up right. 
uh, out of the box. They don't change the default password. They don't do all that stuff. It's, it's, they just want to get it set up and use it, which I totally understand. But B, the bigger problem then is you plug it in, you kind of forget about it, and either the vendor isn't ever doing any kind of software updates to fix the security flaws that inevitably are found, or you don't know you need to do it. So, you know, there's lots of cool tech stuff out there, and a lot of it can be very handy. Um, but things like Alexa and all that, that's not for me. I don't have any of that. I'm not going to have any of that anytime soon. And I'm just trying to strongly encourage folks before you go out and buy a lot of these devices and plug them in and forget about them, understand that they're opening up a potential security hole in your home, a security hole into your home network, which could lead to your tablets or PCs or other devices that do, that do have sensitive data on it. So I would I would be worried about that sort of thing. And then while you're shopping online, just be careful. You know, deal with reputable vendors. There's all kinds of great security tips out there from people like the FTC and the FBI about what to do when you're shopping online and how to protect yourself from the bad guys because the bad guys know there's going to be all kinds of emails coming out from legitimate vendors. So you'll get all kinds of phishing emails that look like they're coming from legitimate vendors. You need to keep your guard up. You need to be skeptical. And, you know, if you do get a deal that looks like it's too good to be true, it probably is. And if you want to know for sure, you go to that vendor. You establish a connection with the vendor yourself. Don't click on any links. You, know, you need to be extra careful this time of year because the bad guys know all this noise from all these vendors will uh, will throw a lot of people off guard and a lot of people get scammed. So nope. Know who you're like, dealing with. And so you're, you're not a fan of the ring doorbell thing? I um, don't have a ring doorbell. I don't no, have a I don't either. None of that stuff, no. And I, I don't I don't intend to have anything like that anytime soon, Jerry, Jeff. Because it opens up the door to all kinds of possibilities of hacking and letting other people virtually into your house. Yeah. Uh, well, for example, if, let's say you have one of these IoT locks. Yeah. Okay. From Yale or somebody, right? Well-known lock company. Okay. If that thing could be hacked, and we know that all of these devices can potentially be hacked, and frequently are, what would stop someone from, you know, unlocking your door and just coming on in? Amazing. I mean, there's well many examples of cars being stolen because the key fobs get hacked. Yep. So yep. you know, technology is good. People just need to move slowly and think about the implications and. Uh, be aware that not all of this stuff lives up to the promise, and be careful. Dave Hatter, thank you so much for have a have a great holiday. If I don't talk to you before then, I'm I'm sure that I will. But uh, always my pleasure, Gary. Jeff, thank you, sir. You have a great holiday too, and hopefully we'll chat between now and then. All right, Dave Hatter on the nightcap on 700 WLW. We close this nightcap as we do all of these programs in which I'm appearing with the playing of our national anthem to honor America on 700 WLW. <laughs>
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.